the wormhole, probably about to burn. In the white tunnel, are you ever gonna learn? See a land, probably gonna merge. Gonna be dead laying in the dirt. Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jared Gray with my co-host, Jordan Rains, and we are a special guest, Adam Markham from the Big Big 3 IDP. Big Good morning, IDP. gentlemen. We're going to cover the, what, NFC North? Yes, sir. Let's see, let's see how we work on today. So let's hop right into it. Jordan's got us a, a good layout today, and we'll see yep. how this goes. Yep, we're going to the Great White North. We're going to be talking about some of the uh, – it's a pretty good IDP division. I mean, it's rich in depth and some quality guys, and there's a little movement here and there. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. We're happy to have Adam on. How you doing, man? Good to have you. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, love your guys' show. Uh, I'm doing great. I, I've never done I've never done a, uh, a show this early, so – uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, I feel fine. It's not, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to be just fine. Not as bad as you figured it would be when you were to bed last night. Like yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a lot harder to uh, yeah wrap, wrap my head around the idea of, of actually doing this. But now that I'm here, uh, this may be a new thing for us. I may tell the guys, hey, let's let's get out here early. Every, every there day. you go. There you yeah. go. Get, get the reps in early and then you can just pontificate about it all day long. That's what we like. Yeah, yeah so. right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're just going to start at the tippity tip top of this division. We're going to start with Daniil Hunter. Um, currently, I have him as my DL1 in redraft and in dynasty. Um, but, you know, there's I think there's 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 a conversation to be had about Daniil Hunter here because, you know, you have a guy who has 14 and a half sacks the last two years uh, is averaging 71 tackles the past two years. But when you look at some of the other, you know, auxiliary stats, his tackles for loss compared to those numbers or his quarterback hits compared to those numbers, they don't scale up quite as much as some of the other players in the NFL um, that are, you know, high level edge guys or, you know, kind of like I brought up last week with Joey Bosa. And a perfect example of that is, you know, in his five years in the NFL, uh, Daniil Hunter only has three pass deflections. Um, in IDP, one, two, three scoring, that's 12 total points in that one category in a six-year span or five-year span. You know, when you get a guy like Daniil Hunter, or not Daniil Hunter, who's who I'm talking about, um, Carlos Dunlip or uh, Cameron Jordan, who are putting up, you know, five, six, seven, eight pass deflections a year, every year. Um, so, you know, you look at auxiliary stats like that and – it, it makes me wonder if maybe he is just a wee bit too high in my rankings because if those sacks, you know, if, if suddenly Daniil Hunter ends up uh, a 10 and 60 guy instead of a 14 and 70 guy, and he doesn't have the auxiliary numbers to go with it, you might be looking at a DL2 and not a guy that really can hold his own in that DL1 category. Um, but I'm interested in, you know, what are, what are your thoughts, Jared, about him? And then, Adam, what do you think about Daniil Hunter? Like, I mean, it's very easy to just pencil him in and just say, hey, this guy is the bee's knees, you know, and we're, we're all in and we're back to business. But whenever you really, really okay. dig in, you know, what, what, are, what are your thoughts, you know? Okay, well, I'm going to help you out here. Uh, so, you know, Steve just pulled some video for us up, you know, Daniil Hunter sacking David Carr, which plenty of people do. But let me give you a little thought on this. And I love – the fact you brought this up this morning because, well, he's my number one sell high target. Let's talk about people that are gone from the team from the last two years. 
Number one, without a doubt, in my opinion, Linval Joseph, right? Linval Joseph is nothing short of a beast when we talk about just the small things that he does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's always in the way. He's always, you know, he's been there for, what, 10 years almost. Uh, he's 2010 to 2019. You know, we're not talking about small numbers by this guy either. You know, you know he's, he's good for a couple sacks a year. But let's go. Let's go on the tackles here, man. This guy's had 44, 58, 68, 77, 56, 47, and 59 since 2013. You know, he also had 59 2012. So when you're talking about all of that, not to mention all the assists, and you know, this guy's got 50 tackles for loss. Um, when you when you have such a strong presence in the middle, you have to focus. You have to worry about little things, you know, who's coming at you from one side or the other, you know, ever since this time at the giants and now, you know, with the Minnesota Vikings, and then you've got the small things, you know, of the other side, you've got Everson Griffin, who's been more than a capable number two guy on the opposite side, who is just the older gentleman of the group. Mm -hmm. So with, with you bringing this up, his, you know, we talk about his first year as a starter. Um, maybe his best year was when he wasn't a starter. <laughs> you know, we talked about that. Um, he didn't start a single game in 2016. And, and yet he had 12 and a half sacks, 56 total tackles, 34 solo, a safety, which is the only safety in his career. Yeah. Um, 19 quarterback hits. Comparison. And he didn't start a single game. And he had 22 this year. And he started every game, played a shit ton of snaps. So yeah, it's, it's so, what what do you think, so, Adam? I mean, I know that with you. this is very this is I know this is some dangerous ground we're treading on. Dangerous right? ground. I mean, we're definitely uh, setting ourselves yeah. up to be uh, you know, but we're it's it's worth talking about. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, just just off the bat, boys. Just <laughs> just off the bat, seven thirty. Getting you riled up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm you know, I've actually been doing a lot of digging into the stats lately myself, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there he doesn't he doesn't stand out like you like you would think he would. I mean, the pressures are really good. He's I think he had 88 pressures according to PFF, which is still you know that's tops among most defensive linemen. Um, but he only had 22 quarterback hits out of those 88 pressures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. So, uh, so you're right. I mean, he is going for some reason. He he is just kind of locked in there at that that number one, you know, defensive end off the board in most drafts. It seems, but he probably shouldn't be. You know, there's uh, I don't know if the upside is there with with uh, you know like it is with some of the other guys like Nick Bosa. If I mean even Cameron Jordan, you know, they just they seem to stuff the stat sheet a lot more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with uh, with, with selling Hunter. I mean, he is you know he's he's going to be 26 now, right? So he is. Uh, I don't but know if you can get a ton for him, yeah, you can get a you can get an atomic fuck ton for him right now. Yeah. Tell me this. I, I have a question. If somebody has, we'll even go here. We're talking about dynasty. If somebody is willing to give you Nick Bosa and Max Crosby. For Daniel Hunter, are you taking it? Yeah, I think so. A hundred percent, I'm taking it. 
You know, yeah. I know uh, our boy last week is not a Max Crosby guy, and I gave him the business for it because I am yeah. a Max Crosby guy. But if you look at the stats here and you really think about it, and you lose two massive pro bowlers in Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin's a, what, a four-time pro bowler, including last year? Yeah. yeah. He, hey, let's talk about this. Everson Griffin had more quarterback hits last year. Yeah. Um, you. Uh, yeah, I, I do think the line has gotten worse. Uh, he had 24. You know. They, uh, Michael Pierce is going to be, he's going to be solid. He's, he's, he's a, he's going to be a force in the middle, but you know, he's more of a run stuffing type. I'm excited about a Fetty, uh, a Denigabo. A Fetty Odenigbo. Tomato, tomato. I, I, I have, I have no idea. I won't correct you there at all. So it is a Fetty Odenigbo. I've done more than I want to talk about on this guy. On that. and... <laughs> That's a whole show in and of itself. Learning how to say yeah. Yeah, I'm not the best. He's got a great story too. Guys, keep in mind I am from Kentucky, so this is that's gonna be that's one of my weaknesses. Hey, we're all I understand. This is he's from Oklahoma. I'm in Missouri. Yeah. We're in that from the South, homie. So we, we get it. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm I'm with you. I I think that uh, there is something to say about Odin 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 Nigbo. Um, if you look at his season, you know, this last year where he didn't start any games, but you know, he still had seven sacks. He had a touchdown. He had 24 tackles. He had 13 quarterback hits. I mean, that's only nine less than Daniel Hunter had. And you compare that season to, you know, Daniel Hunter's second year in the league where he had, you know, 50, 19, um, you know, didn't start any, but he also had a touchdown, which is kind of funny to look at. Uh, you know, there, the, this, this defense, does give guys opportunities to make points, you know, and with the departure of Joseph and with the departure of Griffin, I think it's silly to think that Odenigbo is not going to at least put up what he did last year, which he was somewhat serviceable. Uh, I think that, you know, in zero game started, by the way, exactly. Only, only 400, like, did he even get 400 snaps? I don't know. I think it was like it was under 500. I think I remember. Yeah. You guys had mentioned that before. So there's definitely something to be said about this line being shifted up. It might be one of the, it might be a year to punt Daniel Hunter a little bit down the board and maybe go for Odenigbo. Um, let's talk about a, a rookie guy, Kenny Wilkes. Um, played at Michigan. Steve and I got to see him at uh, the Senior Bowl. He looked really good. I mean, he was, you know, physically imposing, just like every one of those guys down there was. Um, but watching him, uh, at practices, you know, he was, you know, soaking it up a lot like a sponge. And I got to see him up close and personal. And I know that um, Matt, I guess his name is Schwab or Schwaff um, from Dynasty or Draft Sharks, he's a big Kenny Wilkes sleeper fan. What do you guys think about them bringing in Kenny Wilkes? And, you know, keeping in mind, too, that you can be productive in Minnesota without starting a single game as a defensive lineman. Um, Obviously. You guys want to, you guys have taken a flyer on him this year as a rookie? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you yes, because with the, what they lost. I mean, if you lose Griffin, you lose Linval Joseph, you know, you got to plug bodies in. You got to figure out what you got. So they're going to find out early if what they got is, is right. So, and I think you're going to see that real fast. Yeah, maybe, maybe towards opinion. the end of the year, but uh, it's, I don't ever want to really count on rookies or young guys like that to, uh, to, you know, you you say that I'm going to give you two rookies that you you want all day right now or in their second year, but you wish you had in your first year. Max Crosby, Nick Bosa. 
That's true. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, and you're right. They, it's there's, there's the defensive of side of the game. The defensive side of the game as a rookie is so much easier to figure out than the offensive side. Just look over the last three years. The rookie classes on the defensive side have been ridiculous. You know, we're, we're talking – I mean, just pull up names over the last yeah. couple of years. Sterling right. James, Darius Leonard, Bradley Chubb. Miles Garrett. Um, Miles Garrett. Uh, we can go for days over the last four years of guys you wished you had. So Bradley Chubb, um, got 12 sack rookie season. And, I mean, you can get him off the board right now as like DL 18 to 20. And that's like if you're, you know, in a league where people are paying attention. I've gotten him so late. I'm in two leagues. He's listed as a linebacker, though. That's why I hate it. Yeah, I know that that hurts. That's why you know, sleep. Shout out, sleeper. The uh, the future of fantasy. So yeah, a lot of those guys though were highly drafted guys outside of Max Crosby. Um, oh yeah, you're right. So oh, yeah. Darius Leonard was a third rounder. Yeah, yeah, Darius Leonard. I mean, there are exceptions, no doubt. I just uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pump the brakes. I wouldn't be uh, over. Yeah, no, no fake. I, mean, I, I feel you. Know, you. Know, there's, there's a chance that just Zimmer seems to be a little stubborn. Remember, this is a guy that kind of waited on Daniel Hunter to let him get out there and get get the full snap. snap well, I get that, out. but he had look how many Pro Bowlers he had in front of him. Yeah, Everson Griffin was uh, true. Living, living, living the good life then. All right, let's let's move on past this D line, guys. Uh, let's talk about uh, some linebackers. Eric Kendricks is obviously the guy to own there. You know, he was last year one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. I think he had the second or third most pass deflections at linebacker. Uh, he might have led the league at linebacker, actually, if I'm not completely mistaken. I don't have that right in front of me, but I mean, talk. I think about- we talked about that. Model of consistency. I mean, since 2016, this guy's tackle numbers are 109, 113, 108, 110. So you can basically pencil in Eric Hendricks for 110 tackles combined, right around 65, 70 solos. He gets a handful of quarterback hits. He's gotten at least half a sack every year of his career. He had four sacks as a rookie, which is kind of mind-blowing. So you're getting points there. Again, the pass deflection department, you're looking at the last four years – Nine, six, seven, twelve. I mean, at three points apiece, you know, those are good. That's good stuff to have. A um, couple interceptions. He made the Pro Bowl this year, and he got All Pro nod this year. So that's you know happy for him there. Twenty-seven years old. Where, in my mind, he's the perfect linebacker too. You know, what I mean, he's not gonna get up, he's not gonna get up into that one thirty tackle range probably. But because of the fact that he does do so many auxiliary things, like get past deflections, like make a couple of tackles for loss. He had 10 tackles for loss in 2017. You're going to make up those points that you might be missing out on, you know, those extra 10 tackles. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on him going forward? Uh, And is there anybody else in this linebacker group that you're interested in? No, to the last question. (laughs) I mean, when you're when you're averaging a hundred, what, like a hundred and ten tackles over the last four years, ninety two is rookie season. Um, you talk about a player that you really like in general. Just, I mean, you know what? I'll take that back. You want deeper leagues? Troy Dye might be a guy that I'm looking at for sure. Um, okay. But uh, he just popped in my head for some reason. Looking at that, uh, 109 tackles, 113, 108, 110, uh, you know, 70 solos. Here's my question to you is if you're looking at guys like Devin Bush who are being drafted, 
as a top 10 linebacker and Eric Kendricks, you know, uh, is being dropped. What 30, you know, area, you know, know, my favorite comparison on the same team. And I bring it up probably more than any person on the, on the planet is Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith. People sell high to buy low and you get the literally the exact same production. So isn't that the opportunity here, especially with Linval Joseph, you know, and Everson Griffith and Griffin leaving, doesn't that give him more opportunity than he already had? And he had 110 tackles last year. So I'm, I'm in on this one, uh, you know, especially with as many people are, you know, the Jordan's pulled up our 2019 rankings list on points that players have had. Just, a, just behind Tremaine Edmonds and Bush, just a hair behind. A hair with late, a lot later capital than you could have got him. So, you know, we're talking about Tremaine Edmonds got an opportunity to be, you know, defensive player of the year, you know, with, with the schedule they have. So if we're talking about that, are we talking about the same thing for Eric Kendricks? Interesting. What do you perfect number two? I'm with you. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Yeah. I mean, I I love Eric Kendricks and, you know, he, he's definitely one of the better values that you can get in drafts because you're, you're right. You're not going to be able to have, you're not going to have to draft him until like linebacker 25, just because people always underrate this guy. Um, and he's going to, he's going to return potentially, uh, you know, top 12 numbers for you. So yeah, I, I love, I love Hendricks. And yeah. you give me double points and pass deflections too as a linebacker. Right. He's great in coverage, man. He's, he's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. So he's never yeah. going to come off the field. He's got great yeah. instincts. Like when you watch him, that's one thing you notice about all the guys on Minnesota is the instincts. We're going to get to one of my favorite players, Harrison Smith, here in a minute. I mean, he's the you know the poster boy for just like knowing what to do, just knowing what's going to happen at all times. Just absolutely wild. But swinging right back around to Kendricks, you know, I think there is an opportunity there to capitalize, like you said. I mean, more points than Devin White, just a shade behind Tremaine Edmonds, who people have as their linebacker, top three linebacker I've seen in people's rankings all over the place. This guy finished, you know, like, let's just pull it up. I mean, he finished linebacker 22 in IDP 1-2-3 scoring, just, like I said, a shade ahead of Eric Kendricks. And you can get Kendricks literally eight, nine, ten rounds later sometimes. So that's where where you make money in fantasy football, guys. Um, So stay woke, stay stay live out there. Troy Dyke, good sleeper pick. Any um, other comments about this linebacking core before we? Always going to be interested in Eric Wilson. You know, if something were to happen to Anthony Barr, that's a guy that I mean, if, when he's out there, he he balls. So, uh, yeah. You know, I like his story. When he was at Dallas, and I really thought that he was going to be the guy. You know, that they moved forward with, and they just hit a gem. Honestly, with Jalen Smith being healthy, and then somehow Lee got healthy, and then obviously Leighton Vanderesh. I love Leighton Vanderesh coming out of college. So. Right. Um, I really thought Wilson was going to make that team, and then look what he's done. I'm with you. I love Wilson. Uh, another good, good thought there. Yeah, good. There's yeah, and keep you know the main guy you want, Kendricks. If you're looking for a little deeper, Eric, or Wilson, and then uh, Troy Dye is a, a rookie to keep an eye on. So, and then Anthony Barr is. I tweeted something last night. He's been to four Pro Bowls. I mean, he doesn't really do a lot in the stat sheet. I mean, he's. I guess he's just one of those guys that's better at real football than IDP football. If you can exactly. sell the name, which I tried to do a lot last year when I had him on teams, I was like, hey, Anthony Barr is really good. You should trade me a much better player for him. 
You know, that's people know Anthony Barr. They don't I know. know. Dude, the guys in my league that knew better, I mean, they came at me hard. They're like, he's going to be on the waivers in a week. I was like, no, he's not. I was like, he'll be nine days, not seven. So. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's move to one of my favorite defensive backs in all of football, Harrison Smith, the hit man. This guy is unreal. Um, I love his play style. I love watching him play. He's got the instincts of a madman. You know, he gets – listen to these – he has had a sack – he's had 13 sacks in his career at strong safety. We talk about Jamal Adams, you know, and he's he's amazing. But Harrison Smith is a model of consistency across the board. He's only broke 100 tackles once, and that was his first year combined. But he does so much other stuff that it doesn't – I don't care. I would rather have him than Jesse Bates. I know Jesse Bates is going to have 100 tackles, but I also know Jesse Bates isn't going to do diddly squat else. You know, but when I look at a guy like Harrison Smith, I'm looking at a guy who has 12 pass deflection upside, multiple sack upside. You know, tackles for loss are always in the multiple categories. I mean, he got up to nine in 2018. Tackles for loss as a safety. There's that's wild. I mean, there are there are D linemen that don't have, you know, nine tackles for loss. I mean, fucking Sheldon Richardson only had like five or six last year. You know what I mean? So if you can get a guy like Harrison Smith, I know he's 30, which bothers people. But watch him play last year. I mean, he had an incredible season, 11 pass deflections, three forced fumbles. That's a career high for him. He still had a sack. He, you know, two quarterback hits, not, 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 not as high as he has had some years, but he converted one of them to a sack. You know what I mean? Like, he just gets it done. And he only played 15 games last year, which I did not realize. So for him to finish as high as he did, I believe he was in the top five. Let's take a peek here real quick. Uh, he was in top 10. He came in at 10, 232 points. That's good. I mean, and you're able to draft him much later than some of these guys. Like Tyron Matthew generally goes ahead of them. Um, you'll see Minka Fitzpatrick go ahead of him from time to time. Jesse Bates from time to time. Harrison Smith, and because of the age, he's going to be one of those guys where I think he's going to keep being discounted. Um, Jared, what, what are you thinking? And Adam, what are your thoughts on him? And then while we're at it, what do you guys think about uh, his stable mate, Anthony Harris, who's kind of come out of nowhere but really put himself in the in the conversation as one of the best safeties in the NFL. All right. First of all, you know that I am a Harrison Smith truther. I, I know that I had to talk earlier in the season or earlier in this offseason. You may have a conversation like, listen, man, you just have to look at the stats. Like, dude doesn't get hurt. He He's always there. You know, he's consistent. He's, all, he's a big play waiting to happen. But I'm going to disagree with you on the Jesse Bates thing. I'll take a guy that's taking – that's as young as he is with averaging three interceptions a year mm-hmm. plus 10 pass deflections. I mean, right. or, you know, nine, you know, a force fumble, hundred tackles. Jesse Bates is right with him. The reason why you like Harrison Smith is, well, he's the leader of that defense. Whether you love or hate anything, he's, he stands out. Dynasty league. If you're going to give me Jesse Bates for Harrison Smith long-term, I'll take it. That's but, fair. You know, I you know I'm a Harrison Smith truther, but you know you know that. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, love Harrison Smith, uh, and I'm fine with him in Dynasty. He's a guy that uh, I mean he should he should have a you know he's going to be one of these safeties that plays deep into his career, like Malcolm Jenkins, Earl Thomas. Um, I think he'll be he'll still be productive and 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 just fine around thir- age 34, 35. So I'm fine still buying him in Dynasty. But yeah, he's just he's the heart of the defense. He's uh, he, he finds ways to fill it up every single year. Um, and, yeah, huge fan, huge fan. 
Amen. Love it. Guys, bye, Harris. Your boy Harris is a beast, though. Yeah, let's talk about Harris. Um, Not yeah. the huge tackle number guy, but in coverage, I mean, he, what do you have? He he tied the league. Uh, whoa, look at that. Sorry, if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, we're watching some really cool stuff. So hop on the YouTube channel. But uh, he tied uh, Stephon Gilmore with interceptions, didn't he, on the season? If I'm not mistaken. Oh, he had, yeah, he six or seven, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was, he kind of came out of nowhere, but not really. Like, if you paid attention the year before last, you could kind of see that he was getting better and like he was getting more playtime too. He had never really gotten a full time starting role. And then last year, he came out, started 14 games. I mean, 60 tackles, 11 pass deflections on the year, six interceptions. Um, doesn't do a lot in the quarterback hits, tackle for loss, you know, which he has a free safety. So you have to, you know, give him that. But for free safety, that's going to get you 11 pass deflections and, you know, around 60 tackles. I mean, he's he's a guy to keep in your back pocket as a DL, DB2, DB3, and he's so cheap. Like, I've gotten him in drafts coming off the board at, like, DB50, and that's not even hyperbole. I mean, literally, he's there at the end of your drafts, guys, um, even in Dynasty with some of the hype he's had, just because he doesn't have the giant tackle number. So get in while he's in that free safety role. You know, in a year or two, he's 28. But, I mean, things do change. You know, he played strong safety the year before. What if Harrison Smith gets hurt and he gets moved up to strong safety? What's a guy with his coverage ability going to do in that position with the opportunity to make some, you know, some some bigger plays? Um, so I think there's plenty of upside with Harris. But we've lingered on the uh, <clears throat> Vikings here for almost an, half an hour. So let's uh, let's move on to one of these other teams in the division. Um, let's see who's next. I think it's the Packers. Yeah, let's talk about the Packers. Um, let's just start right at the tippity-tip top. Let's talk Zadarius Smith. Um, what do you guys – I mean, I'm, I'll save my little bit for the end, but what do you guys think about Smith's breakout last year in, in – you know, up there in Green Bay? Um, for me, I, I think I'm going to speak for the for the latter of everybody. Most people are pretty shocked, right? Now, let's be real. The Smith brothers, I don't think anybody saw it as a collective that we were going to see that kind of production out of two players from the same team, both named Smith. So, uh, sure, there might be one or two people that were like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a truther. I've been this way, right? Some of us are that way. I was not one of those guys. I did not see this coming. Um, great year by him. Just don't know if Kenny repeat it. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I remember when we saw the huge uh, deal he got, you know, the year before. I think a lot of us were kind of surprised just because it was kind of a leap of faith for, for Green Bay because this was a guy that didn't really probably get his fair shake in Baltimore. But, man, he was unbelievable last year. Um, I think PFF had him as the – he had the most pressures in the league. So Yeah, like almost 100, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, I love him. I think I think he's uh, – in Sleeper, you know, he gets that dual designation. So, so you love that. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with him is in most leagues and – and it, and it might not affect, you know, if you're using the 1-2-3 scoring, but – most leagues, he's listed as a linebacker, and yeah. that's typically something I'd, I'm not crazy about because I like my linebackers to get those uh, those tackle numbers. But, I mean, when you have a guy that's doing that, doing what he's doing and putting up the numbers that he does, it, you don't really care. Yeah, I I agree. Let's, let's take a look here. So where was he at? 
Defensive lineman. Where's the Darius Smith? All right, 257 points last year. That would have put him at that would have put him just ahead of Devin Bush in linebacker scoring. So he still, even as a linebacker, is a serviceable linebacker too. I mean, better than you know, Deion Jones. Uh oh. Don't say that. Uh Uh oh, here they come. <laughs> um, so he's you know, he's a guy that Maybe he doesn't, like you said, get the tackle numbers, but the pressures are, are real. You know, the quarterback hits, those are real numbers. I mean, those are big Yeah, 37. Numbers. And he got his opportunity. It's a lot like Shaq Barrett, another guy who, when you look at what he did on his limited snaps throughout his career, it's like, yeah, maybe he could be good, but we just nobody, – nobody gave him a chance. And both these guys got a chance this year, and both these guys led the league in quarterback hits. Both of them were top five in sacks. Um, I mean, it's just like they were just waiting, top six, just waiting. And as soon as they got a chance, they exploded. I'm buying in on both of them. I think Shaq Barrett's the real deal. I think Zadarius Smith is the real deal. Um, I think that if you wait until next year to believe, you're getting guys two years after they've had two great years. I don't want to buy a guy after he's had two great years. I want him on my team when he's having that great year. So I'm buying in on both these guys, and they're still both, you know, even after the big seasons, you'd think they'd be more expensive. They're not, guys. They're really not. Shaq Barrett is still dirt cheap. Um, Zadarius Smith is still dirt cheap relative to the points they're putting up because people want to see it again. Well, by the time you see it again, you're pushing 30 years old and you've missed two great seasons. I don't have time for that. I don't want to win in two years. I want to win this year. So I'm buying in at a discount personally. That's just me. And I'm a big Zedary Smith fan. I love his sack celebrations. I love when he put pulled the little snub thing out of his shirt in the postseason. He was disruptive in the postseason too. Like these are just regular season stats. I played him in some of those uh, you know, those postseason fantasy leagues. Dude had multiple sacks, multiple tackles for loss. I mean, he was crushing people there too. He did not stop when the season ended. We went straight into the postseason and he wrecked faces. So don't don't sleep. Yeah, I mean for me it's the you know, I love the fact that he gets a high sack number, but if in some leagues, if he's considered just a linebacker, then I have to bet I have to lay off him because I mean the 55 combined tackles is tough for me when he has the defensive line at you know addition to him, you got you gotta love it. I mean, 13 and a half sacks, 37 quarterback hits is huge. Yeah. So any any last comments, Adam? What is he, 27? Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, just entering in his prime. Yeah, yep, he's uh, – you're right. Both the, Jack Barrett and uh, and uh, Smith. I think both, they're both going into their sixth year. Yep. They're both, though, like such values in drafts still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Especially Barrett. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, I watched Barrett go after round 20. Yeah. In a, in a dynasty league the other day. And you – it's like – I don't, I don't know. He's going to blow up. I will say this about linebacker. Maybe. I know a lot of people get scared to get these outside linebackers on their team. I'm in a league that I'm in, and actually I was on the show with uh, Hollywood and Dan a couple of weeks ago. It's Path to Armageddon League. And we did our draft last year, and I waited on linebacker. I remember people in the in that group chat were like, oh, you're an idiot. Dur, 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 dur. And I was like, okay, whatever. I got TJ Watt and Zadarius Smith as my linebacker one and two, and I got so much hell for being such a dumbass. And they finished both top five linebackers in that league scoring. And I was like, y'all got to look past 
what you think you see sometimes. Like you really do. Like points are points are points. Maybe I'm not getting a tackle every set of downs, but when things happen for these guys, they happen in a big way. And those point swings matter. And I ended up with two. I paid nothing for Zadarius Smith. I think I got him around 30 or 40. And he was my second linebacker. And people were like, oh, you're going to fail. No, he ended up top five linebacker. Just sometimes you just got to move past the stigma of this guy's a linebacker. I want to play a bread and butter tackle machine in my linebacker spot. You can get yeah. points other ways. And, you know, when they're that good, they they are consistent. You look at T.J. Watt, no one had a more consistent year than T.J. Watt. Every yeah. every week he filled it up. He had a sack, was 11 weeks straight, Jared, we counted, at least a half a sack. Yeah. Hey, well, here's the thing. If T.J. Watt was a – Defensive end. Had a defensive DL. defensive end. Dude, he'd be a number. He'd be my number one. Wouldn't be close. Everybody's right. one, but people struggle to put him in their top fifteen at linebacker. Makes no sense to me. So, anyway, let us uh, continue. Let's talk about the other Smith brother real quick. Uh, Preston Smith. I say brother. Say that loosely. He's not really his brother. You know what I mean? But uh, Preston. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Let's move to Kenny Clark real fast too, because he actually is in the linebacker section of this bit. But Kenny Clark, a defensive tackle who I know I drafted pretty highly last year. He struggled with some injuries, though, which ended up kind of hurting me. He still played all 16, but he just was not the player that I thought he was going to be last year. I kind of thought he would take a step forward, and in reality, he kind of took, I don't want to say a little bit of a step back, but he did have less solo tackles. Um, but he ended up actually pulling together a pretty decent season altogether. But the, here's, here's where it is, the disconnect. He had basically the same stats last year as he had the year before in 13 games. So the injury did slow his pace down a little bit. But at only 24 years old, I think this this might be a good buy-low opportunity. What, what do you guys think about Kenny Clark? I think it's a good buy-low. I'll agree with you on that. Um like, but you know, I think you can pull probably three videos up from last year that I kind of called last year's. I said, man, I don't think it's going to have more than six sacks. I think I said it in two videos. And uh, the 62 combined tackles, 31 and 31, I said, you know, I think you'll have 30. Uh, I said, because a lot of people were really, really high on him, and I wasn't on him, and he still made the Pro Bowl. That's what right? Green Bay will do for you. Yeah, but I mean, think about this. You, know, you get back to that question. You know, as a as a nose tackle, those are great numbers. It, now, you know, a lot of leagues, if you have a certain designation, you got to play certain guys. And he's a, I would tell you, he's a must grab at 24. He's played 15, 13, and 16 games the last three years, and you, you got to love your overall look at him. Now, he's probably going to be trying to get paid paid soon, so because he made the Pro Bowl which kind of makes you wonder. So especially knowing what they have, look what they have in the back. I mean, they've, they've got a pretty solid group behind him, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, a guy that that uh, I've been high on from the get. Uh, let me pull his name up real quick. Remember when they brought in Mike Daniels last year and it was a complete waste of everybody's time? Yeah, that was great. Man, I, I love Kenny Clark. I, I, Kenny Clark is uh, – I know he didn't get home on a lot of the sacks last year, but he still was among the league leaders in uh, pressures. He had 62 last year for Green Bay. So that's huge right. for an interior defensive lineman. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he does seem to miss a few games every year. I don't – he. this has been 
Well, he says he played all 16 here, but I – He he played all 16 and started. They rotate him a lot, man. I just remember for some reason he he something happened to him, and I just remember I I don't I need to look it up, but I feel like he hurt his foot or his knee or something, and he just wasn't. And they said that a lot, like he's playing through injury. Yeah, so, he, he was he was banged up. He definitely was. Um, and it happened early too, because I rem- I remember I drafted him in a several leagues and was very excited, and he just ended up just being a, just a you know just okay oh, yeah. guy. Like I played but him. He but came he never- on down the stretch. If you if you held on to him and were patient and 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 you know had faith to start him in the playoffs, I mean he was huge down the stretch for people. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's kind of well, why his season looks a little bit better than it was. I mean, he came on at the end, but uh, but you we were very disappointed. I was a big Kenny Clark fan to start the year, no doubt. Still am. Jared brought that up a week or two ago, too, about Carlos Dunlap. You know, all of his numbers look good, but they're backloaded on this season. If you had him early, you know, he really let you down. But if you held on or if you picked him up on waivers and played him, he came through in the clutch, you know, when you needed it most to get to just to make the playoffs. You know, those week seven, eight, nine games, they matter. You know, those are probably when it's most. You know, especially if you're, you know, five and, you know, five and three team or whatever, you know, if you're really just trying to get that last spot. He probably did help a lot of people just get in there. So yeah, you don't need to just look at the end of the year finish. You know, there's there's some those numbers tell a lot. You know, different stories. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Christian Kirksey because we are kind of pushing time here, and we're still just you know we're 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 definitely talking about these guys, and I, I like that. I like that we're you know examining what they did, what they could do. But let's talk about Christian Kirksey, a guy that has multiple linebacker one seasons under his belt. He rejoins his uh, former defensive coach or coordinator or whatever um, in Green Bay this year, takes over that Blake Martinez role. Um, Struggle with injuries the past two years, so you're going to be able to get him at a discount right now. But like I said, he's got two linebacker one seasons in his belt, and they aren't just like barely linebacker one seasons. I mean, he's got two top ten seasons in him, 148 tackles in 2016 and 138 the following year in 17. Didn't make the Pro Bowl either of those years, which is kind of weird, but that's what being a Brown will do for you. Um, pass deflections, he gets a few every year. Gets a couple. He got multiple sacks every year under this previous defensive coordinator that he had, so I'm looking forward to what he can do in Green Bay in that Martinez role. I've got him currently as my linebacker 18 in redrafts. What are you guys expecting from him in that linebacker group, and is there anybody else in that linebacker group besides Preston Smith that you're even really thinking about? Um, for me, I, I like Chris Kirksey. You know, I I think that he has the ability to have some big numbers. Like you said, he's got 138, 148 seasons um, in 2016, 2017. Didn't do anything 2018 with injury. 2019 got injured, um, which has got to tell you something, right? He's got, He does have an injury bug a little bit, which sucks, but it happens. Um, he has the ability to be a phenomenal inside linebacker tackle wise. You know, when you're talking, he's got a year of 96 solos. That's crazy. That's now give you that in 2016, when that was one of their, one of the really, really bad years. Let's talk about that. So two and a half sacks that year, but that's the kind of numbers I expect out of a team that's going to be on the, the field all day long, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if that defense will be on the field as, that much considering you still got Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback. They've got a pretty solid team overall. Um, when it comes to other players, 
You have Oren Burks next to him with – and do not take my boy lightly, Curtis Bolton, who was going to be the starting inside linebacker next to um, Blake Martinez last year until he hurt his knee. So he's healthy. You have Oren Burks, Ty Summers, and Curtis Bolton all ready to jump in at inside linebacker next to Kirksey. So watch out for all three of them. Yeah. What do you uh, got for me, Adam? Love, love Kirksey. I mean, this may be the value pick of the year. Um, and, and I don't even mind him in Dynasty. This is a guy – I think a lot of us feel like he's he's one of the older linebackers in the league. He's, he's going to be 28 when the season starts. So he's a great Dynasty buy as well. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, he's just in a perfect situation, not going to have – you know, I, those some of those young guys, Jared named, yeah, definitely keep a, you know tabs on those – on those fellas, but this is the guy you want. It's just health. We just got to hope he stays healthy. If, if he stays healthy, we're looking at like a top 10 year. Amen. I mean, the biggest thing about Kersey and I, brought, we talked about those numbers, those two big years, he had a, over a thousand snaps and I played a hundred percent of each. So a thousand, 111, a thousand 68. That's ridiculous. That is a lot. I would, I'm interested in what Blake Martinez has been averaging the past couple of years up there. But let's uh, let's move to these uh, defensive backs. Just shout out Preston Smith. Sorry, dude, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about you, but he's a solid uh, solid outside linebacker. He puts up pretty consistent numbers year to year. And now with uh, somebody on the opposite side of him that can take some of that pressure off of him, he, he could be due for a big year uh, sack-wise. So keep an eye on him. But, again, he is a definitely a, a good, consistent player. Um, well, I'm going to give you good news on your Blake Martinez question real quick. Let's hear Had it. over 1,000 in the last two years. There you go. Kirksey, LB1, maybe, asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk, let's talk about Adrian Amos real quick. Um, I was kind of looking at him last night, and I, I was kind of blown away by what he did last year. I mean, he had his best tackle numbers to date. He had a sack. You know, eight pass deflections, second most he's had in his career. Played all 16 games and just low-key was pretty good. You know, four tackles for loss. Uh, his, he played strong safety, which he's been kind of going back and forth from strong to free safety the past few years in Chicago. Um, I think that there's there's some potential here for a guy that you can start every week as a DB2 with some DB1 upside even. So that's kind of my – whole overall thoughts on him. I don't own him anywhere, but I think when I get to some of these redraft leagues that we're starting here in the next couple of weeks in the uh, some of our listener leagues and stuff, I'm going to be looking to target him as a DB. I mean, I might even take him as a DB1 if I punt the position and just say screw so it. So I have a question for you, and this is something that I had to deal with this week. Adrian Amos or Justin Reed? Oof. Oof. That's a good one. What do you think, Adam? I'm going to let you go first. Mm, Justin Reed, I think, just because the playmaking uh, ability, just, I don't know. I always like that in my safeties. Adrian yeah. Amos, he's just, I think you know what you're going to get. I think that that's, last year he was definitely solid, 84 uh, combined tackles. That seems to be about the ceiling for him. I think that was maybe his, his best year as far as tackle numbers go. So Yeah, it um, was. Justin Reed, just he's just got that, you know, you don't know, this – that unknown with him is is, uh, is appealing. I I agree wholeheartedly. Sometimes there is something about the what ifs that is a little bit more enticing than the this is what I'm going to get. 
And, you know, wherever you're drafting these guys, you know, you're getting them late, probably your DB two or three, you know, around 25. I mean, I would, I'm with you. I think there is something to be said about the upside of a Justin Reed over the, the floor and the known commodity that is Adrian Amos. So it's a good reason to punt the position though. I mean, if that guy's going to be there late, I mean, yeah, you're, there's no reason to, to overdraft these safeties. Yeah. You can get both of them. I mean, when yeah. rubber meets the road, you can go back to back round 25, 26 and just take both these guys probably because most yeah. of your league mates have probably already taken, you know, Kevin Byard and Minka Fitzpatrick and Tyron Matthew, you know, 10 rounds earlier. So they're not even looking at these guys. They probably don't even know they're still on the board. So right. yeah. There's some there's some game theory for y'all. Any interest in Darnell Savage? I know he came he started you know rookie last year, didn't do t- didn't do bad, but didn't do you know didn't blow anybody away. Um, you know but, I like Darnell Savage. Um, I wish he would have stuck with 21 Savage and yeah, right. kept the number. Mm-hmm. I mean I talked about it as soon as he switched not, because he picked 21. I was stoked about it, and then he went away from it. <laughs> I, was, I was pissed to be honest with you. Um, I like him overall. Um, I, I think that he has high upside, but I, I mean, he started 14 games last year, two interceptions. He's the bigger play guy, the less tackle guy compared to Adrian Amos. You know he what probably, I mean? So probably just a streamer at the end of the day in this, this year. I mean, I very, very easily could get to 70 tackles. So yeah, there's I'll, no reason why he can't get another 10, 15 tackles. So. Yeah, I'm definitely curious in him this year. You know, I mean, we had 42 solos last year. Yeah, a lot yeah. of those safeties just take a little bit of time to to you know to develop. We've seen we see it all the time. So uh, definitely, and he's cheap. He's both of them are cheap. So Fair. worth the risk. All right, let's talk about Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on this Bears D line. We're moving on to the Bears. Um, you know, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Both are both have the dual eligibility on sleeper as DL and linebacker. Um, obviously, Robert Quinn is the value in your drafts because you can get him ten plus rounds after Khalil Mack, and he had basically the exact same season as Khalil Mack had last year. Actually, better sack wise. Um, or did he? I need to double check that real fast. I think he missed the first two games. For, yeah, he missed the first two games for Dallas. He had eleven and a half sacks last year. Khalil Mack last year had eight and a half sacks in 16 games. Um, when you put them up side by side, last season, uh, Robert Quinn did more for your team in less games. That's just big facts. Um, and more big facts, I mean, Khalil Mack was a 70 and, you know, 13 guy every year in Oakland. He shows up in Chicago, and now he's like a 50 and 10 guy. And honestly, I mean, if you want to get right down to brass tacks, I mean, he's basically been his ass has basically been saved points wise the past two years with that huge tackle dip because he causes five, four or five force fumbles a season. If that number doesn't happen, I mean, he's already a DL2, I believe. Let me double check on this real fast here. But if he doesn't get those, I mean, he's down in that DL3 area almost. You know, what I mean, 17 last year, you take away two, three of his force fumbles. You know, that's minus nine points. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's in that 195-point range, just barely in that DL2 area. Um, but then you look at Robert Quinn, a guy who only played you know, 14 games last year. Big sack numbers, big pressure numbers, um, big tackle for loss numbers. I, I'm a big, big Robert Quinn fan this season. 
Um, in Dynasty, he's dirt cheap. What What are your guys' thoughts on this D-line? And Akeem Hicks is back healthy, too. So overall production, in my opinion, I think that what those guys did last year, I think it's safe to pencil them in for that and maybe expect a little bit more. What do you guys Well, think? he's dirt cheap because he's coming into year 10. So yeah, 29. I mean, no, he's not even 30 yet. I mean, yeah, he, look he came in young. I mean, you look at Chandler Jones. He was 29 last year, had a huge year. Look at uh, <clears throat> uh Cameron Jordan, same story. I mean, just because you're 28, 29, 30, don't mean you ain't got the juice. I mean, look at Robert or not, look at um JJ Watt. I mean, I got him as a top five DL guy this year, and he's what 32. You also got to think of this. He only played 60% of snaps last year of the games he played. And he still had those numbers. Yeah. So, interesting to see what. Overall thoughts on this D line Hicks, uh, Quinn, and Mac. Start Jared, and then we'll go uh, Adam. What are you thinking? Because we got to keep, got to book it, or people aren't going to want to. Like I said, Khalil Mack, you know, it's the name, the age. Uh, You got to love his overall production. Obviously, you know, we always talk about a person you saw high, you know, or, or whatnot. But we're talking about with Cleo Mack, only one season did he not play all 14 game or all 16 games. And that's a big deal to me. He He's not coming off the field as long as, he, as he's on the, you know, on the team. Uh, he only – he played 86% of snaps last year. Um, but, dude, he's he's a, he's a monster. I mean, he has the let you know the outside linebacker thing to him, but you can't grab about what you get with Quinn. You know, when he's on the field, I mean, he seems ageless. You know what I mean? When yeah. you're talking about Harrison Smith being ageless, it's year ten, and this guy is embarrassing all kinds of people still. So I, I like you know I me. Mean, I'm I've been a Robert Quinn t- truther with you last year. We talked about him quite a bit. Um. You know, we've got some good sack videos. Thanks to our boy Steve on this. But, I mean, you got to look at small things, dude. And for the price you're going to get Quinn for compared to Mac, how can you not love the crap out of him? Yeah. Um, Khalil Mack, obvious bounce back candidate for this year. Uh, but you're right. I think Quinn is the better value of the two. Um, all these guys, though, none of these guys are young. You know, Quinn's getting up there in age as well. Um, Akeem Hicks is up there in age. These are grown ass men. That's that is one point we need to make. When you get to this 28, 29, you become a grown ass man. Yeah, you just toss these little boys around. Amen. <laughs> I'm about that life. I love it. Yeah, I, I, it's a, I like that line, man. It's a fun team, and they're all they're all going to be pretty cheap. Yeah, they're all going to be pretty cheap because the Bears, I mean, two years ago, they're the greatest defense ever. Last year, they were like, just as a team, not great. So, yeah, yeah get in there and get get it, get them while they're cheap, you know. Um, and it's good. It's going to be good to have Hicks back. I think that I think that might be part of the reason that Khalil Mack did not hit the, the heights that I kind of hoped he would hit last year. Because, I mean, he was a bounce back candidate last year. You know what I mean? You know, he may you know. be the most important piece in that team, honestly. Yeah, I know. I know Khalil Mack had the sacks the year before and the forced fumbles, but just his floor, just in general, it was just—I don't know—it's a little lower than I would like it to be for a guy who I think is an elite. I mean, a lot of people consider an elite pass rusher in the league and one of the top tier guys. So, let's talk about these two guys in the middle here: uh, Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith. Um, last year, they were basically going neck and neck in points every week early on. 
Roquan didn't really have a huge, huge game until a little bit later in the season. Um, but they both offer you a lot. I mean, you're talking pass deflections, you're talking sacks, you're talking the obvious, you know, solid tackle numbers week in and week out on top of, you know, these other things. And they, you know, they're a fairly aggressive defense. Um, so they get opportunities to try to make sacks and to try to make, you know, these bigger plays. I mean, last two years, <clears throat> Danny Trevason had three sacks. The last two years, Roquan Smith's had seven. I mean, these are middle linebackers. Um, so if you can give me a couple of sacks on top of the fact that they're both going to be pushing over 100 tackles, I mean, it doesn't get a lot better than that as far as upside. What are your guys' thoughts about them both in 2020? I mean, you know me. I'm a Danny Trevathan truther. Been that way. Love the guy. I know he's older. But when you talk – when he's on the field playing – dude, nine, nine games last year, 70 tackles, 50 solos. I mean, I will take that all day long, every day. I mean, considering the pace that he was on, and I st- I was starting him every week at that point. You know, he played what uh, – and he only played 52% of snaps in nine games and put those numbers up. Come on. Like, give me – that is ridiculous. So, if, if he's healthy, uh, I mean, Dan Trevathan by low love is is all there for me. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, Roquan Smith, you know, I'm a I like Roquan Smith, but man, you can't discard what happened with him earlier in the season with basically losing his mind. You know what was going on with him. And they're like, hey, bro, you got to get in here and play football and stop worrying about what's going on at home. Yeah, and, I that. He had that thing where he just didn't play that one week, and we still don't really know what happened as far as I know. He just – something happened, and he just didn't go to London or whatever. I forget exactly what those, it was. Yeah, there were those pictures of this car that was crashed. and Yeah, it, there's – I would love to know the whole backstory. Like, who knows what's going? Like, what happened there? I mean, I literally think they kept so much under wraps there; it's ridiculous. And then he came back and like, oh, Danny Trevathan gets hurt, and he blows up. Like, right. like no, everybody forgot about it, including most of us. Uh, I didn't forget about it because I'm a Danny Trevathan truther. So, and then Nick Wachowski out the door. I was a little surprised about that. Really thought they would sign him and move on from Danny Trevathan because of the age, but. I mean, they like what they like what Trevathan brings. You know, he's a leader, man. Him. The leadership is real. So, yeah, another one of the better values in drafts. I mean, and he's probably the cheapest out of all the ones we've talked about. This is a guy that like you can get as your you know LB fifty off the board. Yeah, and yeah. he's gonna return. He'll return weeks where he's an LB one. You know. Yeah, he's gonna be. I, mean, I think he'll be a top twenty four linebacker this year. Excellent. Well, if he stays healthy, I'll agree. Right. Excellent. Roquan, obviously great. He's going to be a linebacker one, but you got to you got to pay the price for it. And I'm just uh, not really about that life. These, these linebackers are insanely deep this year. People fade them. Amen. Especially the rookie, my boy, Kenneth Murray. Yeah, buddy, I'm a big Murray guy. All right, let's Thanks. move on to uh, the safeties. I'm just going to get on my little soapbox for a second about Eddie Jackson here. Um, so we got Eddie Jackson, third year in the league. Highest paid safety in the NFL. Red flag number one. I mean, when you think of the top 10 safeties in the NFL, most people don't even think of Eddie Jackson. 
So there's some big facts. Now let's just talk about another guy who's on his third year in the NFL, Jamal Adams. Let's just let's just compare a few numbers here. So Jamal Adams combined tackles 273. Eddie Jackson, 184. So almost 100 less tackles. All right, whatever. Maybe he's more of a coverage guy. Pass deflections for Eddie Jackson, 26. Jamal Adams, pass deflections, 25. Uh Uh-oh, where are we going now? Interceptions. Now, Eddie Jackson does have a lot more interceptions, but he did have a six-interception year, which is not really necessarily repeatable. Jamal Adams, in his career, has only had two, so I'll I'll give him that. Sacks, I mean, Jamal Adams had 12, Eddie Jackson's had two. Tackles for loss, eight for Eddie Jackson, 28 for Jamal Adams. Quarterback hits, 23 for Jamal Adams, one for Eddie Jackson. But the Jets don't want to pay Jamal Adams. And Eddie Jackson got paid last year, the highest paid safety in the NFL. I'm just very confused by how the NFL values some of these players how a guy like Jamal Adams, who is not only on the field, does more for your team. Jamal Adams is one of the most beloved, you know, superstar figures in the NFL on defense. So the the brand equity he's going to bring your team, whoever signs him, you get an instant superstar. It's like signing a J.J. Watt. It's like signing a Patrick Mahomes if he ends up on your team. Those jerseys will sell. People will show up to his, you know, events. People will support whatever he tweets out. On top of that, during this movement we've got going on, he's showing himself to be a leader of men, you know, and you have these Jets people that are like, oh, he's not he's not a leader. He talks all this, whatever, whatever. When you see a guy like Eddie Jackson, who most people don't even know is in the league, the highest paid safety, and you put your numbers next to his and you're burying him, burying him, lapping him, I'd be big mad too. So, Eddie Jackson, what do you guys think? Can you tell the difference? I'm going to help you out. I mean, I'm listening. The I need money? to find out who. Oh, I want to who's who's Eddie Jackson's agent is because that. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> I need to find him. He needs to be my agent. He can probably get me a yeah. raise at work. Uh, he probably has Drew Rosenhaus, let's be real, or something like that. So, I, I don't know. And stuff like that. That's what I look at. I'm with you on 100. Uh, percent I mean, Eddie Jackson had a phenomenal year, and he got paid for it. That's exactly what happened. I mean, a six interception year with, you know, a whopping 41 solo tackles. I, I mean, if it wasn't for the six interceptions, does he get paid? If he, if he has what? two interceptions. No. he Again, if you ask people the top ten safeties in the NFL as far as just being good safeties, people won't even bring up Eddie Jackson. They won't. And yet I have a question. What if, you move Mar- what if you move Marcus Peters to safety? He would be Eddie Jackson. I mean, yeah. maybe an interception machine and a few tackles here and there, but he wouldn't be one of the, you know, if if Eddie Jackson's one of the best safeties in the league and deserves to be highest paid, then Minka Fitzpatrick is too. And we already know that Minka is good, but again, if you put the numbers on and you take the brand equity of the player himself, Jamal Adams is head and shoulders above every safety in the NFL, except maybe Tyron Matthew, just because of also what Tyron Matthew brings to the field on and off the field as a person um you're talking about superstars at a position that doesn't have any superstars and they're productive so it it bothers me on a personal level that eddie jackson is getting paid and that jamal adams is getting run through the dirt on social media right now for having a bad attitude or what the hell ever so what are your thoughts on eddie jackson though bob or not bob sorry paul adam (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, same difference. Um, yeah, Eddie Jackson not going to be someone that I ever target. I just, you know, the uh, the interceptions, those aren't sticky stats. Those aren't going to – you can't rely on those um, year to year. So not not someone that I'm going to ever use as a safety, uh, him or, or types like him. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's I mean, 20. I'll just be honest with you, he's a waiver wire pickup. He's 27 too. Jamal Adams is 24. Just think, I mean, just, I'm just so my, I can't wrap my head around why Jamal Adams is not valued. Tell me this. Is, how a guy like, don't you got to think, don't you got to think he's a guy that's either a trade candidate and, or he's a cap casualty next year. He's gone a hundred percent. Well, I mean, all it takes is a uh, one bad GM, you know, it, it, it's, that's all this is. It's just one bad GM that to, to give him a bad contract. We, we, we're in leagues with a lot of these types guys. We, we know these, these people. Yeah. Yeah. Same By thing. The hype. NFL. Yep. Amen. <sighs> Love that. All right. Well, I, I'm sorry, Eddie Jackson, if you hear this man, I'm glad you got paid. Um, get on, get on your, get on your Twitter and tell the world to pay Jamal Adams too. <laughs> So there's nobody else I'm really interested here in. Kyle Fuller, if you play in a CB league, he's one of the best CBs you can have. If you play in a DB league, he is a CB that you can play as a defensive back, in my opinion, and you're not going to get burned by him. He's not going to maybe get you 25, 30 points, but he's also not going to get you five. Like he's going to get you some – he's going to make sure that you end up with something there. So let's move on to the Lions. We got Trey Flowers on the D-line, and honestly, that's about it as far as any guys that I'm interested in. Um, he wasn't as exactly super prolific last year, but, I mean, he's been fairly consistent. You know, he came over from the Patriots. He's got the same coach, you know, defensive coordinator, whatever you want to call Matt Patricia. Um, what, do you guys view, what are you guys viewing Trey Flowers as this year? Uh, you know, DL1, DL2, do you think he has DL1 upside if you do have him in that too? He's been very consistent. I mean, seven sacks, seven sacks basically every year. Do you think he can get over that hump? Or just what are your thoughts? Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, the opportunity to, to play well. And let's, let's throw the lines in general have not been a team that you're going to have to go chase. Um, when you're looking at different things for different players, Trey Flowers has the ability to have some big years, right? He could have, you know, a big year. I mean, the fact he gives you 51 tackles is big. He gives you 20 quarterback hits last three years, 25, 20, 21. But with I'm with you on the seven sack. Well, you don't talk about consistency. Seven, six and a half, seven and a half, seven. So he averages seven tackles, as, you know, seven sacks a season. Those aren't mind blowing by any any means. Look at those um, quarterback hits, though. Those are higher quarterback hit numbers every year than Daniel Hunter. I um, mean, he's got he's on the cusp. You know, if, if their offense can put out drives where you got to go get them, then yeah, I think that he's got to be an opportunity to make some move. You got to look at the consistency. He hasn't played 16 games yet, which is another interesting thing. Um, and in those, you know, games, he hasn't, he's last year he played 62% of snaps, 70, 76, 54. You know, you know, in Detroit, when he was the guy, they paid him to be the guy. He got less percentage snaps last year than he has the last three years. So yeah, Detroit, that kind of makes you wonder yeah. a little bit. You know, especially with, you know, their head coach now, you would think that, hey, he knows him. Let, you know, unleash the beast a little bit. Let's go get this guy. 
So I think that he has the opportunity to, if he gets into the 75 to 80%, you know, range, I think you're going to see 10, 10 sacks. Yeah. But he needs the playing time. Yeah. So Adam, wasn't he coming off some type of injury last off season as well? I vaguely remember something like that. Steve, can you check that out and look and we'll bring Steve in here in a minute. He'll kind of, he, he should be able to figure that out for us, but Our injury expert, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Hey, Steve does it all, man. Post-production, really pre-production. Does. He's a doctor. Man. He's a lawyer. He's on the, phone these with videos. the NFL. He's making yes. sure we're not getting flagged. Yeah, this has been fantastic. This has been great getting to watch some football this morning. Yeah. Steve's the Thanks. man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you look at – like the, the crazy thing for me that sticks out is just the quarterback has 25, 20, 21. He's not playing 16 games. We just talked of a little bit earlier about Daniil Hunter, who's only gone over 20 quarterback hits, I think, once. Um, so it, it's interesting, you know. And in IDP 1, 2, 3, that's a point. So, I mean, if you're going to get me an average of 20 points in this statistic that I, you know, most people don't pay attention to, and also his tackle for loss is 8, 8, 9, 8. I mean, literally, I don't know if there's a more consistent D-line player in the NFL as I'm looking at him more and more. Um, yeah. And you so can get him as a, you can get him as a three. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, what What are your thoughts on him? Do you think he could get over that hump this year, Adam? Or is yeah, he a guy definitely. you're interested in? I mean, I'm interested in him because of, like you just mentioned, the the uh, the price you have to pay. People just the sleep. floor. Yeah, right. He's he's extremely safe. The, there's the upside that's capped. I think uh, ten sacks that probably is the is the max for him. But he's he gets good tackle numbers. Um, if he does get ten sacks, I mean, you're looking at like low end number uh, defensive line. You know, one. Yeah, and he could win you weeks too. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, you when you look at a D line, even a D lineman that's not consistent. You know, sometimes you got to play just a guy and you're, you know, I have to play somebody and I would rather play a week winner, um, a guy that I know I can go into Monday night and yeah, he's probably not going to get me 20 points, but he could get me 20 points. And there are some players that you play and it's like, you just already know that's not happening. You know, he's not going to give you a zero, but talk about capped upside. I mean, there are players you play where you're like, I'm just, you know, I know this is going to cap out at like 14. Mm-hmm. And your very best, and that's okay. But I like to play guys personally. I like the boomer bust guys a little bit more than most people with fantasy. I love the rush of a 14 point swing on a big play. I, I've had Tyree kill every year since his rookie year. And you know, he when he had those, he had like how many punt return or kick return touchdowns? I got all those points, and I was just like, I won because of literally this play that most people don't even think about. And I've had him every year. I, that's my kind of player. I'm not a Michael Thomas kind of player. I, I've never – I've had Michael Thomas once. I traded him. That's just not how I play fantasy. Um, I like I like that big rush. I love sitting there on Monday night. I'm down 50, and I got Kelsey in, and I got Mahomes in. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's get to 50. No one's going to stop us. So that's how I like to play fantasy. Let's – uh. Let's move down this NFC or these these line guys. The linebackers don't like the D line we talked about. I mean, there's not really anybody else exciting. Linebackers really not a lot of exciting going on either. Jamie Collins did come over, another Patriot. Jamie Collins had a really good season last year. He was getting points all kinds of different ways. I mean, he gets good good seasons every year. Uh, he's the most moved player to be so good. 
it's he crazy got, to me. He gets his, his the diversity and how he gets his points is wild. I mean, he's everywhere. He gets sacks. He gets pass deflections. He gets forced fumbles. He gets tackles for losses. He can stand in the middle and just get you some tackles. I mean, he is one of the most interesting linebackers in football, um, in my opinion. I mean, eighty tackles, seven sacks last year, seven sacks. Like what? Get out of here. Three interceptions. You know, I think he housed one of those. No, he didn't. Um, ten yes, tackles did. for a loss. Did he? Yeah, he yeah. did have a touchdown. You're right. Um, dude's wild. I mean, and he now he's back with a defensive coordinator that, you know, at least knew him from early on in his career. They made the move to get him. I think he's the linebacker you want to own here. Jared Davis, I'm a little eh about. Jelani Tavai, I'm eh about. What do you guys think, though? I mean, here's the thing. Let me give you some quick stats on Jamie Collins. 24 and a half sacks. 380 solo tackles. Those are just solo tackles. Um, 54 tackles for loss. <laughs> 47 quarterback hits. He said double digit twice. Um, how do you not like this guy? And he played left, what? I mean, if he plays inside, he puts numbers out. If he plays outside, he puts numbers out. He's consistent. You know, you got to like what he's done overall. You know, played, you know, at Cleveland, I can't believe they let him go. They paid him to bring him in. And then he goes off for 104 tackles, 73 solo, and just pretty, pretty good. Last year has huge bang games. Like he blew up a lot of games. And then here we go. We get him. He's a great athlete, you know, big number guy. Uh, but Jared Davis is not nothing to sleep on either here. You know, you, you look at small things on Jared Davis. He's young. Okay. You you got to love that. Um, he's only in his, what, coming into his fourth year. He hasn't played a ton, and yet he has 100 tackle season as well. You know, 10 tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hits. You know, he fumble recoveries. Five pass deflections in his second year, which is what people people look at his second year as, as a a roadmap for him. So, if I'm you can get Jared Davis for nothing, nothing, and he gives if he gives you a hundred tackles, six sacks, ten tackles for loss, and ten quarterback hits, aren't you loving that? As the fact you probably got him on a waiver wire. Yeah. So, in that aspect, you know as cheap as he is to get a middle linebacker that cheap, I'll take it. Worth a flyer. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, he had 96 tackles his rookie season, a hundred tackles his sophomore season and 63 tackles last year in 11 games, 63 and 11 games. So, yeah. um, Collins is definitely the one that I want out of the group. He kind of does, you know, best of both worlds. He does get, Decent tackle numbers, but he, he always does seem to get sacks and, and big plays. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll probably stay the same there in Detroit with Patricia, you know, kind of doing doing what uh, mirroring what Bill used to do. Um, Jared Davis, I do worry about him being actually bad at football, that he could get pulled. You know, he's he is one of the worst <laughs> linebackers as far as coverage goes. So that's a worry. But you're right. If someone's going to sop up the tackles, it'll it'll be him if he's out there. So he's probably the more consistent week to week. I don't see what, what Joe on and Tavai, you know, um, I was a fan of him coming in. 
He what, didn't start a single game last year, I don't think. Uh, but he hit 37 solo. Um, sorry, he started six games last year. He had set uh, 37 solo tackles and five tackles for loss last year. So, yeah, and an did. interception. So, oh, yeah. I like Jalen and Tavai. I think he had a, you know, he was coming off an injury too. Let's not forget that. Uh, if he didn't get injured his se- his senior season at Hawaii, I mean, or sorry, um, BYU, I think. Um, if he didn't get injured, it's we're, we're talking a different story here. So, Jalen and Tavai is definitely something I'm looking at. I mean, I like him and playing middle linebacker, you gotta like him. I think he's a especially something you can get so low. Um, we'll see what we get out of that. So, yeah, he had a few big games uh, early. In, a couple of games that I remember were pretty decent. I had him as like a linebacker four or five, and I had to plug him in a couple of times. And I remember at least once I was like very happy. So, I mean, I think in six games started having fifty eight combined tackles. Yeah. Five tackles for loss and and an interception with three quarterback hits. Yeah, that's small there's stuff. Up, there's upside. There's upside there. Let's uh, move to probably the best defensive player for IDP on this team, Tracy Walker. Um, Tracy Walker, dude's you know 24 years old, but 103 combined tackles in 12 games started last year, 82 solos. That's a big solo number right there. Um, eight pass deflections too. In 13 games played, 12 games started. I mean, you can just let's compare you. Let's just compare that to uh, Jamal Adams. He had 14 games started, 75 combined tackles, 61 solos, 10 tackles for loss, uh, eight pass or seven pass deflections. So I mean, Tracy Walker was you know keeping step with you know Jamal Adams, who played more games than him. You can compare him to a guy like uh, Landon Collins. I mean, he had more pass deflections than Landon Collins. He's still in less games because Landon Collins played all 15. He still had more solos than him. Um, did not have as many tackles for loss, but, again, he didn't play as many games. Uh, Tracy Walker, if there's still injury concerns, this might be a perfect opportunity to go get him. And, honestly, I think just based on what we saw last year, he might be one of those guys that ends up being a perennial kind of top five defensive back the next few years, if he can do it again, I mean, he might be in there with, you know, he already is for me ranked pretty high. Um, I think he's in, he's easily in my top 10 in dynasty for defensive backs. And I think he's up there with names like Dur should soon be considered up there with names like Landon Collins and Derwin James. I mean, let's talk about it just for real. I mean, he's basically played as many games as Derwin James has, um, you know, and I mean, he had a good season. He didn't get the hype that Derwin James got. But he's a player that I think you can put in your DB spot and line up against some of the best of them, and you should feel confident. Um, what do you guys think about him this year? You you still think that he's you know is he a, is he a top tier talent for you this year? Is he a top IDP option for you this year, or are there any reasons to fade him because of the defense bringing in these linebackers? Or well, I think the linebacker uh, could fade him a little bit. His knee injury, he injured his knee twice in the last five games. Um, which is something you got to look at. But um, I know you're a Jabril Peppers fan, right? Duh. Yes, Tracy sir. Walker out outscores Jabril Peppers this year. I'm fine with that. that so means if he does that, then – Bucket load of points. Yeah. So I, I'm, I like Tracy Walker. I think he's going to be a top 10 safety for sure. Yeah, I love Tracy so. Walker. Uh, if you look on, on a per-game basis as far as tackles go, he was third in the league behind uh, Buda Baker and Eric Reed, averaged about eight tackles a game. Damn. Uh, so, I mean, and, and 
we we just talked about these linebackers and, and how we don't know what to make out of any of those those guys. Well, that's probably because you know it doesn't matter. Tracy Walker's probably the answer on who you want on this defense. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just a ball hawk. I, I was so impressed in every game that I, I watched of Tracy. Um, one of the few bright spots on that team, and and yeah, top five uh, defensive back for me. Nice, I love it. And yeah, you're nice. right. I mean. When you watched him play, he did. The instincts were obviously there. I mean, he was closing in on things fast. I think he's a. I think Tracy Walker is what a lot of people want Jonathan Abram to be this year, and I think that that's where you're going to kind of be able to find value in your drafts if you can get guys like him later that are you know there are concerns with injuries or there is the Lions not being a good team. That kind of stuff brings down the price, and that doesn't change the fact that he's going to put up fantasy points for you. So that pretty much closes out these guys. I guess we should talk real quick about Jeff Akuda. They brought him in, one of the top, who's a top 10 draft pick, um, defensive or CB out of Ohio State. Jerry, what are your thoughts on him? I know you're more, you watch more college football than me. Um, and then if you have anything to add on to that, Adam, and then we'll bring in Steve and we'll shut her down. Uh, well, you know me. I'm a Jeff Okuda believer. Um, the fact that this dude doesn't commit penalties, he doesn't he does commit penalties. Does you know is a great coverage guy. I think he's one of the top coverage you know recruits in the last ten years, and, and I truly believe that. I think he's good or better than Marshawn Lattimore, and they both went to the you know Ohio State, I believe. So. I think he's real. I think Jeff Okuda is going to get tested, especially with you look who's across from him. I think that people are going to come after him, and it's not going to matter. Um, if he, He's a cornerback that I'm going to love, to be honest with you, because if the Detroit Lions play like they should play, then he's going to be tested, and he's going to get points. Nice. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I'm fine with him. I agree. I think uh, people are going to be throwing against him a lot, so you know, never a bad idea to, to get a, a rookie corner. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> let's bring in our indispensable producer, Steve. What up, Steve? How's it going? Excellent. How are you? I'm doing great. I love it. Love the show today. Nice. We're mm-hmm. happy to put on a show for you. Mm-hmm. What um, did you uh, find out about that uh, that injury or whatever we were talking about? It was uh, it was Trey Flowers you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, what I saw was it was uh, some shoulder surgery that he had. Right. And you didn't really see what the injury was, but, and yeah, it was some off season uh, shoulder surgery that he had. And then he had a couple of concussions during the, during the season too. Hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, anything else that we, uh, we hit on, I saw you had put something in our group chat about um, somebody 14 weeks or something. I don't remember. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Anthony Harris. I like him better than uh, Eddie Jackson. Oh yeah, I think yeah that's he had great. yep he had six picks in uh in uh, the season and he had uh sixty tackles and he did that in fourteen games. Wow, yeah. Well, 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 there you good. go. You got to pay. You got to pay Anthony yeah, Harris. That's right. Fourteen mil a year. Anthony Harris hit him up. Mm-hmm. Say hey, look at look at Eddie Jackson. Look what he did. Mm-hmm. He got tagged, uh, Anthony Harris. So he's getting. Close, yeah. close, yeah. And, and he signed. I mean, he's a team player. I mean, he signed it. He didn't blow a big stink. So, yeah. and you again, you know, safety is a position that ages gracefully in the NFL. I mean, we saw Antoine Bethea last year, Anthony Harris, still a top tier option. I mean, once you hit 30, I mean, you're really, Charles I mean, Woodson. 
Charles Woodson. I mean, you know, yeah. Eric Reed, or Eric Weddle. I mean, yeah. you can get older and you can still be very, very good mm -hmm. at that position in the NFL. So and we were we were talking about uh, you guys were talking about Danny Trevathan and what happened to him. I mean, was he was he drinking and driving and they covered it up? That was Roquan. Roquan. Or Roquan. Yeah, Roquan. Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah. What happened? I don't know. Because, I mean, well, Steve, that's nice. we, Steve, you got to find out for us. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, <laughs> that one's, that one's going to be hard to find out because they covered that up pretty good, whatever happened there. Hey, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it, Steve. Everybody's, everybody wondered what, what happened there. And uh, let's see. Russ had a pretty good question. Uh, can Tavai, can he put up the production like Holcomb did on a, a low snap count? And that's, I thought that was, I think he has a high question. snap count this year. You think he does? I do. I think. I think with his age, I think they they tested him a little bit last year, and he had he showed out pretty good, and he got his test at the end of the season. It wasn't the beginning of the season, and so I think you're going to see him really step up this year. I, I think you're going to see what we expected out of him. Okay, I, I like him. Fair. Yeah, that'd be the dart that I would take as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's upside, and you don't have to pay anything. You'll probably be able to pick him up on waivers after week one if he gets mm -hmm. like a twelve tackle game, and suddenly he does, you know, is relevant. So. Well, guys and gals, um, this is the end of the show. We appreciate Adam coming on from the Big Three. Awesome experience hanging out with him, listening to his some of his information and takes on these guys. Um, you can find all their information and their website and their pod, Big3IDP.com, or is it just Big3.com? Yeah, Big3IDP.com. Follow me on Twitter at AdamIDP, our account at Big3IDP. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's us. Yep. You can find uh, Steve, actually. Let's give Steve a shout-out. He just got a writing assignment with the uh, with DFF. So, you guys, you're going to be looking for some heat from Steve. Check out DFF. I'm sure we will be promoting him and pushing him out there. And uh, I'm, sure, I'm excited to read some of the stuff he's got coming out. It should be a good time. You can find – yeah, good job, Steve. Keep it up. Keep killing. My writing and stuff is usually at Dynasty Nerds. I do have some stuff – going up on uh, expand the box score in the near future shout out expand the box score also um you know one of our sponsors of the show we love them we got big things coming over there guys um the data is you know for the dollar amount you have to pay for it i mean this updates we're getting ready to pump out are potentially going to make us one of the best idp uh data points on the internet so keep an eye out for that we will keep you up to date on that and yeah i mean you know where to find us on the socials you can follow us on instagram if you want we're going to try and beef that up a little bit but don't, you know don't hold your breath exactly so uh yeah that's all i got appreciate you guys idp army leave us that five star review we, well, we love you and i'm gonna turn the show over to my man jared let's take us out guys great show i appreciate you steve always come back clutch adam thanks for coming on board uh, as always jordan carries us so until next week, let's go, let's go, let's go. In a wormhole, probably about to burn. In a white tunnel, are you ever gonna learn? See a land, probably gonna merge. Gonna be dead laying in the dirt. Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd. Play your part, world gon' turn.